Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brunswick Podcast. Who are you and what do you do? I'm here with Service Director Paul Barnett. Paul, how are you this afternoon? Doing good, doing good. And so, uh, you know, I want to just get right into it. You know, as we were talking a little bit before, you know, we hit the the red button here to start recording. You know, service director that 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 could mean a lot of different things. So, if you could explain to us a little bit about what what that means first before we get into some other things about you. That means I go for donuts. Um, <laughs> no, no, I do like donuts, unfortunately. But um, no, service director encompasses a number of different things, and it's also a catch-all. So service department's responsible for maintaining equipment for the roadways, whether that be patching of roadways, rebuilding of roadways, um, snow and ice, uh, removal of snow and ice from the roadways. It involves uh, Brunswick Lake Dam. We do the maintenance on the dam. We do uh, trash collection. We oversee the contractor that does that work. We let that contract and we administer that. Uh, we help out parks and a lot of uh, things that parks does because, unfortunately, they don't have many staff. So uh, we'll help them out. Um, we'll solve drainage problems. Somebody has a problem standing water. We spend a lot of time, and it's, it's kind of amazing when I came to Brunswick. Uh, the major problem here is the condition of the roadways and the drainage issues with, uh, with water from storms and that type of thing. So we'll go in and we'll rebuild inlets. We will. We have an engineer, city engineer, that works for us, and uh, he puts together contracts for reconstruction of roadways. Um, we patch roadways. We actually have, it's called a mud jacker. If you've seen the commercials where a contractor will come in and drill holes into a concrete slab and pressure grout underneath of those raised slabs, uh, we've got a unit that will do that type of work. So we do a lot of, a lot of time doing that. Um, we have a couple of cemeteries that we maintain, so uh, we can put you in the ground, too. Uh, so we do, and pretty much whatever police department and the fire department and the rest of City Hall needs, because uh, there's always something weird that comes up, we do all the weird stuff, too. And that's what I think is so interesting is, I mean, there's everything that you just explained like has an effect on everybody within the city in, in a major way you know if there's if roads are completely flooded out and people can't get places you know that's a huge problem so that's that's a, an issue that you solve among many other things so that's why I wanted to get that out there but how long have you been with the city of Brunswick Paul about four and a half years so I'm the oldest new person that they have Oh, wow, that's that's great. I'm going to put that underneath the title of the oldest yeah. new person that we have. That's a good one. <laughs> have you always done this type of work, and have you worked for any other municipalities or, or just here in the city? Yeah, I've been working for government for 31 years. Um, I graduated from Akron U with a degree in civil engineering. There's been a lot of Akron Zips on this podcast. It's, great. it's a great place to come from. I was about to say. So, yeah, if you're a Zip, I guess come to Brunswick. That's where they seem to migrate to. Actually, I grew up in Elyria, so to get to Akron, I drove through Brunswick to get to Akron. So okay. I've been driving through Brunswick now for 40 years, 40-plus oh, wow. years. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a registered professional engineer, state of Ohio and Florida, and um when I got out of college, I started working for a consulting firm doing bridge design. So uh, I designed, did a lot of bridge design, oversaw construction before I uh, went to, at that time, the city of Akron. And I uh, spent 24 years at the city of Akron. 
18 of those years, I was the public works manager for the city of Akron, which is essentially the same job I'm doing here, but just on a larger scale. Um, got bored in one position for 18 years. You know, you've made all the changes you're going to make. Uh, hopefully you've trained everybody on what to do and the best ways to do it. And then it was time to move on. And Cleveland, city of Cleveland tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, uh, can you help us out in the city of Cleveland? And uh, so I went up to the city of Cleveland as the assistant director of public works for Cleveland and did that for a couple of years um, before I uh, before this job came up. When this job came up, I said bye-bye to the city of Cleveland and hello to Brunswick. Any notable bridges that, that you worked on? Or did, were they bridges local to Northeast Ohio? Or, you know, you said you registered in Florida as well. Were they in Florida? or No, they were, they were all... All of those bridges were in in Ohio. I just done some side stuff in Florida. Okay. But uh, all the bridges in Ohio, most notably the things that were the funnest, um, spent uh, quite a few summers and winters uh, working up in Cleveland on the lift bridges in the flats. Oh, okay. So uh, that's I, pretty. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. There's a there's a Center Street swing bridge that the bridge actually rotates uh, to allow uh, traffic on the river to go through. And uh, we took that thing apart. Um, I call it the world's largest erector set. So we took it apart, took it into a shop, sandblasted it, uh, cut the ends off, welded new ends on, changed the pins, uh, re, uh, redid the bridge basically, repainted it, everything, took it back out, reassembled it. So that's that's why I say it's the largest director set you can have. Yeah. Hey, and I I love that kind of stuff. I love construction. I love. The end of the day, you can actually look back at it and look at it and say, "Wow, look what I got done today." So that was that's probably the best thing. Most of the lift bridges and the flats, I I don't know why, but we always wanted to do our inspection in January. January in the flats, when you're 200 feet above the ground and the wind's whipping at. Uh, 40 miles an hour, it gets really cold. And not your favorite place to be, I no, imagine. Yeah. No, no. But uh, we always seem to do that inspection in the wintertime. But, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the funnest things that I'd ever done. So you talked about working in the city of Akron and the city of Cleveland and now in Brunswick. So how has... How has that changed things just from the scale of projects? Obviously, you're just dealing with much larger areas in the city of Akron and the city of Cleveland than you are in the city of Brunswick. How has that affected, you know, what you do with these various projects? Um, you know, it's a good point. Uh, whether you're in Cleveland or Akron, the projects are essentially the same. It's just the magnitude of the number is different. I tell people that in, when I was in the city of Cleveland that I wouldn't cross the street to solve a problem that wasn't at least a million dollars um, because you just didn't have time. I mean, everything you did was, you know, 50 million, 100 million um, in solving problems. But in Brunswick, it's like, you know, I'll drive around the city four times to save 50 bucks. Um, so it's it, interesting. It's just a whole different scale, but it's all the same thing. Um, in Brunswick, there are the service department consists of 18 people. In the city of Cleveland, the the service department consists of 1,200 people. So it went from 1,200 people down to 18 people. So it's a whole. I actually know the names of all the people that I work with here. I'm sure that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Akron, was kind of in between. We had 350 people in public works in Akron. Um, so. And I, I actually knew all of their names by the time that I left. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, you get to know those guys. You work with them day in and day out. Of course, uh, 
they knew my name, but they probably didn't call me by my actual name most of the time. Uh, <laughs> they had a few verbs in there. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Is it, I mean, with a staff of that magnitude, I mean, it, it seems kind of a silly question to ask, but I'll go, I'll ask it anyway. I mean, is it easier to manage 18 people as opposed to, you know, 1,200 people? Or is it easier to have that many guys or, or that many members of of your team so to speak yeah it, it it is easier when you're managing when you're managing 18 people as opposed to 1200 um, my last month and a half in Cleveland I fired 22 people or I tell people that they fired themselves because if you get fired from a government job then you fired yourself <laughs> um, um, because it's very difficult a lot of times there's union contracts and you really got got to go by those contracts. So um, uh, we've got actually a very good group of people here. I was very happy and very surprised when I came here because usually you've got 20% of your workforce that you really got to whip to actually get them to do something. But the uh, the guys and gals here in Brunswick that are working, it's a good group of people and uh, they all work very hard. A lot of people don't realize that, but they're hard workers. They do a good job. So uh, to go back to something that you were saying earlier, that it's how the service department encompasses a lot of different things. Do you enjoy that challenge or is that tough that on a day-to-day basis, I mean, you could be dealing with, I mean, totally 180 degree turn of something from one problem or one issue to another one? Or is that something that you enjoy about the aspect of, of your job? Yeah, I enjoy that. It would be... It would be boring as all get out if you just did the same thing every day in this, in what we're doing. Like this morning, I was working on a uh, drainage problem with a project that we're in the process of bidding out, and a citizen called in, and I'm working with them on that. And then there's a grass problem and a tree trimming problem that comes into my office that I need to solve right then uh, on, on assessments. And somebody's got their grass that's a foot and a half tall, and, you know, we're going to, we're citing them for it, and we're going to cut it, and how do we bill them for it? And so you're all over the you're all over the spectrum. I get back, there'll be, there's a trash problem that, that someone's claimed that the Republic has missed their trash collection, so we'll deal with that then. Um, so it's something different all day long, every day. And that's good. You know, that that's, makes the day go fast, that's for sure. You All of a sudden, you look up and it's go, wow, it's 5 o'clock, and didn't I get here about 10 minutes ago? So, yeah, it's it's a good job. It's enjoyable. And then another aspect of that, and I know it's something that we've worked together on on a few different projects um, on uh, branch chipping that you offer. You know, it's also a service that you offer to the residents in some cases. So talk a little bit about some of those things that, that you offer. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting when, let me deviate from that just a little bit. The The mayor of the city of Akron back about 20 some years ago, uh, the the public works manager announced his retirement a year in advance. And a lot of them do that. Um, and that may seem strange to the general public, but but here's the reason why. He announced his retirement. The mayor tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to put in for this job. And I said, hey, I don't, I don't want that job. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I want to be the city engineer. You know, I'm an engineer. I'm working in the engineering bureau. I'm overseeing, you know, $200 million in construction a year, which is what I want. And you want me to go and pick up trash? Um, and he goes, no, you need to put in for it. And uh, a few days later, he came to me again, and he said, did you put in for it yet? And I said, no. I said, I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do be a city engineer. He goes, why would you do that? And I said, well, 
I'm an engineer, so be the city engineer is the natural progression. Uh, I said, why would you want me to do that? He said, well, let me tell you something. He said, the public works director touches every person in the city of Akron on a weekly basis. Every citizen is affected by what you do every week. He said, that, for me, that's the most important position that I have because you can either make or break what happens with the citizens. And I really took that to heart because every day you're getting trash collection once a week at least. You're driving on the roadways every day. If it's snowing, you're affecting whether you can get in or out. If the potholes, you know, if you've got a dangerous situation, flooding problems, is the uh, drainage system working appropriately? So you do have a major impact on all the citizens in their daily lives. And uh, I didn't think about it that way until he put it that way. Then he informed me that I wasn't going to go any higher in the city of Akron unless I took that position. So I took that position. Oh, yeah, and, there you go. So it worked out. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad he I'm glad he kind of forced me into it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a that's a really interesting story, but it like you said, I mean, that's really true. You do have you're involved in the everyday lives, you know, on, on a pretty regular basis yeah. or an everyday basis of everyone that lives within that city, whether it's Akron and that story or now in your capacity here in the city of Brunswick. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, just uh, to go back to the question I asked before that, just some of the other various services that you offer in addition to yeah. you know those those everyday things. Yeah, we we do branch chipping, um, we do leaf collection, uh, and we've morphed those since I came to town, and hopefully, hopefully for the better. Um, I believe for the better. But we do like branch chipping on your normal trash collection day. So we try to make it as easy for people as we can. And getting the information out of what's expected from them, that's the most difficult part. The, v the vast majority of people, if they know what it is they're supposed to do, will do that. Uh, the people that don't do what they're supposed to do, 98% of the time, it's because they don't realize they're doing something different than, than what we want them to do. 2% of the people are going to do it wrong just because, you know, government's bad and, and they, they want to get you somehow. So um, you'll always have that. You know, leaf collection, that's one of those things we we can't go by the day of trash collection because it takes too long. They attempted to do that, and within the first week, they're off schedule, and uh, they're behind, and then nobody knows where they're at. So with that, we go by ward. Uh, there's only four words, wards in Brunswick, so we try to do, we post the signs for a ward at a time to give people an idea when to put the leaves out, and we have signage we put in the neighborhoods for that. So hopefully, over the past three or four years, people have kind of caught on to that. They understand what's going on. First year or so, um, it becomes very difficult because people have their old habits and it's breaking the old habits, and setting new habits. Second year, it went smoother. Third year, it went really well. Um, so we anticipate it's going to go really well again this year. I helped make one of those videos with how to put out your branches, and I had no idea. So now when it comes to branch chipping time and I'm driving around town, I go, oh, there's a good one right right yeah. over there. That guy's <laughs> got it. He must have seen the video or, or, you know, or whatever, you know, the various information that you put out there. Another thing that I wanted to ask you about that I'm sure a lot of people are curious about is snow removal. So when there is a big snowstorm, what is the planning and the procedure like for you? with that and how you get the plows out on the roads where are the priority areas and how does how does that um, you know move down the line so to speak so obviously you know there 
main roads that you you know you have to get cleared and then where does the you know how does the rest of that kind of fold out there's nothing that we do that we feel is more important than snow and ice and we tell the guys the major reason that you're hired is for snow and ice that's a safety service if we don't clear the roads the police can't get out fire department can't get out ambulances won't make it down streets those types of things so it's all hands on deck when we have a snowstorm people are we don't call them and ask them if they want to come in to work when there's a snowstorm we call them and tell them when to come into work for a snowstorm a lot of people wonder if there's a rhyme or reason and there's definitely a rhyme or reason we know in advance we watch three different weather services if you i tell people if you want if if you want to have good weather just keep watching another weather service until you find the information you want because you you could ask you can look at three different services and have three completely different things so we have some that we know is more accurate more of the time than others and so we may give that a little bit more weight but we we look at those weather services we look at what the temperatures are going to be when the precipitation is going to start all of those types of things and whether it's going to come in as ice if it's going to come in as snow is it really cold and there's a lot of wind and that will just blow off of the roadway because if you put salt on it and you get a liquid brine on the roadway and you get a blowing snow the snow sticks to the road causes you more problems so there's sometimes you don't put salt down because you let the wind blow it off the road so we look at all of those different things what we do is during a snowstorm we stay pretty much if we're getting a good snowstorm and it's coming down a half an inch an hour an inch an hour something like that we stay on the primaries you know that's 303 that's pearl road that's um, hadcock grafton uh, boston road um Laurel Road, all of those, Carpenter, we stay on those because we've only got six trucks to put out on the road uh, because of staffing levels. So we stay on those because once you hit those and you wait 25 minutes, it looks like we were never there. So we want to make sure that those roads, those are the higher speed roads. So if you're going to have a problem, it's going to be more of a severe problem on a higher speed road than it is a residential road. Once the snow stops, and we get those to those main roads to where they're drivable. They may not be pristine, but they're drivable, they're safe. Then we move into what we call the secondaries. Those are collector streets that, that aren't the 35-mile-an-hour roadways, but they're the major streets that go through the residential areas. And we, we clear all those secondary roadways. And then we immediately move into the residentials. Now, there are some times that maybe we only got an inch of snow, and the sun's coming out, and the temperature's going up to 40 degrees that day, that we make it, we're just starting to make it through the secondaries, and it's uh, it's early morning, the sun's starting to come out, and it's like, you know what, if we go into the residentials, we're going to be wasting our time, because in an hour and a half, the sun and the temperature is going to melt it off before we even get there. So there are some times that we don't do that, but the vast majority of the time, we go through all the residentials also. And it may take us from the time a lot of people will say, they'll complain will come in that says, it started snowing last night at, at 11 o'clock, and now it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and you haven't hit my residential street. But we're still in the middle of the snowstorm. Well, we're, st- we're still out there with everybody we got, but we're on the primaries. So we got to wait till that snowstorm ends. If we leave the primaries during a bad snowstorm and go into the residentials well the primaries are covered and unpassable what good is it going to be able to do to drive down your residential street and then you get to the main road and you can't go anywhere so um that's why we do the primaries first they take the most traffic they get the most attention 
Right, and that makes sense. I'm sure that that's something you hear a lot about and, you know, even hear the criticism about. But, you know, there is there is a rhyme and reason and there's a procedure to all this. It's not just random or, you know, as they feel like it or, or something ridiculous like that. You know, there is a distinct plan. And you just said, so another thing there, if you need to know a weather forecast, also call Paul because he's very in tune <laughs> in the wintertime, apparently watching three different weather services on what's going on. So if you're not saying satisfied with oh, 358 19 just you know call Paul and he'll he'll tell you what uh, the good news or the bad news on the weather fronts my my wife asked me what i'm looking forward to in retirement most and i said that's waking up in the in the morning and a winter day and having no idea what the weather forecast is for the day <laughs> there you go so yeah. especially too that's funny though yeah. um, i i can't say i blame you there especially it always seems to be those pop-up ones where they, you know, there's obviously the ones that they project for a week or two weeks out, and then there's those ones that just, you know, come off the lake and really give us trouble in these parts. So uh, to sort of wrap things up, and this is something I'm especially curious with about you and the various things that you've been involved with, do you have a favorite project that you've worked on or a couple favorite projects? You know, we talked about some of the bridges and other things that you've done you know, in the city of Brunswick or, or in any other of the cities that you've worked in? Um, I love water. So anything to do with Brunswick Lake and Brunswick Dam, I love working on those. Probably drive the guys a little crazy with that because when we go out and we have to exercise the valve on Brunswick Brunswick Lake Dam, we have to exercise that valve twice a year. It's like I always want to go out and help them open it up and stuff like that. So uh, I really enjoy anything working around water. But probably, I mean, the Center Street Swing Bridge in the Flats, that was something that was very near and dear to my heart. Um, I enjoyed that. And I actually hired into the city of Akron when I had worked on and off for about six years on the reconstruction of I-76 from the Central Interchange to the East Corp Line. That time, that was the largest construction project ever let by ODOT. And uh, I got to take that through construction. So that was fun to work on the design. Usually designers and the guys in the field doing the construction hate each other because they can do the other person's job much better uh, in their own mind. So I got to do design work and then oversee the construction and realize what I did wrong in the design work that I would never do again. Uh, so that was very near and dear to my heart. So I got a few things that, that I really enjoyed. That's pretty neat. So, yeah, obviously, and that bridge, that kind of combines the aspect of water and then some of the other various yeah. things that you do. So, meeting two things together, I, I had a feeling you might say that was your favorite. Yeah. Well, Paul, it was, it was a pleasure to sit down and speak with you and get to know a little bit more about you and the various aspects of your, of your job and all the great stuff that you've been doing for this city and, and other cities as well. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Wrapping up here. Who are you and what do you do? Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on bat.vibit.com or on Anchor. Uh, until next time, I'm Chris Golian. See you, everybody.